Welcome to Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs and Tech Professionals. I'm your host, Mike Morton, Certified Financial Planner. And with me today, I've got Julie back in the studio. Hello. The studio? I love how I said studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're actually just both at home. Slash my daughter's bedroom. <laughs> Plus, it's not actually a studio, it's my daughter's bedroom. Yep. <laughs> but you're looking good, Thank Julie. Thank you, you as well. Especially after, uh, what, 22 miles yesterday? Oh, yeah, don't remind me. My hip is still hurting. Julie and I are both training. We're Well, we're always training for something, one thing or another, but marathon is coming up soon, Cape Cod Marathon. And yeah, 22. Uh, I didn't do 22 miles yesterday. I bailed. <laughs> Julie did 22 miles yesterday. I bailed at 16. I was like, I'm done. Well, that's only because you forgot that you had just run 22 miles four days prior. How you forget yeah, that, I don't know. Of, but <laughs> Put that out of my mind also. But we had a good time yesterday. Indeed. And one of the things that we brought up that we want to talk about today, our favorite account type. What's our favorite account type, Julie? HSAs. HSAs. Health savings accounts. The HSA, the only account with triple tax benefits. Yes. Also known as my favorite. Also known as Julie's favorite account. Best account ever. So today, Julie, what I thought we'd do, we talked about some of the pros and cons and benefits and things of, of HSAs. And actually, I'm going to have a mini series probably in the next um, few months or so, really um, diving into each aspect of HSA, doing a masterclass, a deep dive into HSAs, what exactly you can pay for, how exactly to use them, how it fits in taxes, like all those kinds of things. But today, what I really want to do is talk about how you use the HSA, like how you actually get in there, what you're actually doing as both tech professionals and entrepreneurs within your family, yep. how you guys are using the health savings account. When you first explained it to us, let me back up. When Dave, my husband, first brought it up to me that it was offered through his work, he said, what do you think about this? I said, oh, that sounds like something I won't use. Too complicated. And he said, let's talk to Mike about it. And so we talked to you and then you explained that a little bit of work on our end now, we could essentially save quite a bit of money every year. I think, what is it, about 7500 or 9000 I forget yeah. what the cap is on that, but all that money is tax-free. It grows tax-free and then we can use it in retirement tax-free. And there's two ways we can use it in retirement, which is either we use it to cover health expenses, which there's no penalty for. Or if we're really good with our record keeping now, we just pay ourselves back for all the stuff that we've paid for out of pocket now. And so that's where we're planning for both. And it has taken a while to get a system down because you want to make sure that you are tracking it properly and that you have the right documentation. As you've pointed out to us, if you ever get audited, you don't want to lose the benefit of the triple tax by getting hit with a penalty. Yeah, no, that's awesome explanation. Why are the why are we telling you this today? Because it saves you thousands and thousands of dollars. All right, so that's why it's important. And Julie just walked through the overview, put money in, invest it, let it grow, and then use it in the future like any other sort of long-term savings investment account. But this one has that triple tax benefit. So that's why I wanted to walk through how we're actually using this today as a real world sort of one example of how you can take advantage of that. So let's start at the beginning, Julie. Setting it up, you mentioned about that. Oh, we finally have access via our high deductible health plan. This thing called HSA sort of came up. Let's start with the opening the account. How did that work? Choosing what type of plan, high deductible health plan that comes with an HSA. So you mentioned you didn't have that option previously, but then you did. Yeah, it, it became a new perk. From what I understand, it is a way for a company to offer benefits to employees while reducing expenses on 
their end or reducing taxes or something. And so they gave us a fairly high deductible health plan, but then offered us this HSA in return, which at the time I thought was not a perk at all. And then once I learned what the account was, I realized it's actually quite an amazing perk. And I believe it was set up through my husband's HR department. And then the money comes out of his, it's an auto draft and it comes out of his paycheck pre-tax and goes right into the health savings account. I honestly don't even know what <laughs> what company it's with. But the, so the high deductible, so you, ha- you were on one type of health insurance for your family and then during an open enrollment or I know Dave is working for a small business, so they decided, oh, we're going to have some um, different options available, healthcare plan options. But usually for employees, it's during open enrollment, you have a choice like, hey, do you want to stick with your current plan or choose one of these other ones? So you'll see in their high deductible health plan plus HSA, they will definitely typically highlight, hey, this is a benefit, there's an HSA. And if you don't know what that is, it's worth diving into. And that's some of what we're talking, the benefits today, okay? But when you see that, understand that they ask questions about the HSA, but it does come with the high deductible health plan. Now the money going in, some of it comes from the employer and some of it might be coming from the employee. So that's always an important question to ask for your plan. First, I always say this with health insurance. This is a health insurance. Make sure it's the right insurance for your family. Right. This is insurance first. When you're choosing between A, B, and C options, Make sure it covers the doctors you want for what you need for your family. It's health insurance first. But if they're all equal, the HSA can be really great. So the money goes in there either from the employer, you said through the the paychecks mm-hmm. going in. Now is but this- they also give us an amount that covers the deductible, the, okay. the, my husband's company. So that also gets auto-transferred into the HSA account. So it's a high deductible So plan. they're covering- Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So they're covering the premiums. So your company, his company is covering the premiums for the health insurance. Yep. And then you have this new account that's opened up, mm-hmm. health savings account. It's got the A there at the end. So it's an account. And money is put into that account per pay period. Some of that might come from the employer. Yep. So you weren't going to get that as a part of your pay anyway. Right. But some of it is he say, oh, I'm going to put in $100 of my own every we month ma- or anything we like that? Out- we, we make sure that we hit the limit of the HSA. Okay. Do you know if it comes, comes from like his employer putting in a bunch of that or out of his own pay that would have just been his take? I want to say our deductible is somewhere around $4,000 or something like that. And his company puts that amount into the HSA and then we contribute the rest to max it out. Okay. And do you contribute that via just the paycheck? Yes. So you just spread it out through the 12 yep. months? Okay. Or or he right, might great. do it so, all at the, I'm not sure. He might even throw it all in at the beginning of the year. I'm not quite certain how that end of it works. Yep. The end that I track is keeping up with all of our family's expenses. And it's important yep. because I said we, we can use it in retirement two different ways. But also, we view it as an emergency cash place as well that's growing at, you know, the tax rate is, there is no tax on it. And so... As long as you have meticulous records, you can pull that money out so long as you have receipts to show that you have spent that money on medical expenses. 
Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about, I definitely want to put a, a pin in that for one second, but it, just the money going in, let's round yeah, that out. Right. So the employee, the deductible, your uh, the employers decided, they can decide how much ever much they want to put in. So Dave's company has decided, hey, we'll put in 4,000. That's what the deductible is. So that's what we'll do. The um, family limit for this year and last year is 7,200. So you're putting in that other 3,200. Mm-hmm. You can just do it th- from your paycheck. Okay, maybe it's going in that way. You can also put it in after, for the whole next quarter of next year. Year, you can look back. So when we get to January of 2022, you could look back at your HSA. And if it wasn't topped up during the calendar year from your paycheck, you can go ahead and top that up all the way until tax filing. Okay. So that's how the money goes in part employer, maybe part of your own. And then you have this, it's a new account, right? When you set it up that they send you, what is it, Julie, that you had like login details? Yep. Where was this being held? It's and a stuff? third party account manager. I think ours is called HRC and they give us a portal to log into. That gives a mm-hmm. link to the HSA store or the FSA store, which I believe mm-hmm. is anybody can use that as long as they have an FSA. And the neat thing about it is everything in that store is eligible under the FSA. So anything you buy on there, things like lotion, sunscreen, you'd be surprised. There's quite a bit that actually can be filed under ibuprofen. All of that can be considered as an out-of-pocket expense for an FSA or an HSA. And so we have two different ways of tracking ours. I don't know if if you're ready for me to move on to this part yet. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about... So you got the account and then there's the portal. Okay, cool. So you've got just like any sort of checking your savings account, you got online access, you can see how much money's yep. in there. And then as part of it, there's the store too, because they're telling you like, hey, here's all the things that you could just spend yep. it on. Right? Yep. <clears throat> okay, cool. And so you can go ahead and use it for those things if yes. you wanted to. And so we also have a, a debit card or, or a, I assume it's a debit card associated mm-hmm. with the account. So yep. if we were to go to the doctor's office, we could use that card to pay for the appointment, the copay. We could use it right. at BJ's. They'll, they'll even tell you what the FSA right. products are. You can scan your card right. first. It will automatically deduct the FSA or HSA eligible items uh, from cool. that card. And then you right. continue on with your transaction. CVS will do the same thing. I'm assuming probably all the major retailers right. that carry a lot of FSA, HSA goods do. So it's yep. become a lot easier. Like I said, the portal has the link to the store where you can buy direct. Right. But it is it is a bit of a tracking. Let's talk about that for a sec. Is that the way, but that's not the way that you're really using the account, right? No. So you're not just putting in money there and swiping for the stuff and, and kind of spending the money. How are you using this? Account? I'm using it as a savings account, as a way to build a triple tax benefit essentially for our savings. And we intend to use it, like I said, in retirement, but it's also, in my opinion, an emergency cash stash that if something were to come up, we have access to it because we have all our receipts. And okay. All right. Let's talk about that. How that we're, how you're thinking about using this is for the future. So we can invest this money. So I want to get into that a little bit too. Like you can invest it for that 10, 20, 30 years down the road, but you've mentioned the emergency savings a couple of times. So walk me through, how does that work that you can tap this money for, if you had an emergency that's not a medical emergency, financial emergency, how would you pull out a couple thousand dollars? So right now, if we, like I said, we could use the FSA card to pay for the copay. Instead of doing that, I swipe my regular credit card and I've paid for it. Mm -hmm. Now, if I hadn't have had that FSA or HSA debit card, the way you would have done it was you'd pay your own way and then you'd submit a receipt to the third-party company. They would reimburse you. Mm-hmm. So mm. 
I pay for all of these things with my own money, but I'm not asking for reimbursement yet. I'm leaving it in there so that should a time arise when I find myself needing extra money, such as in an emergency, I can then submit to the company, hey, I would like to be reimbursed $15,000 for my medical expenses that I have paid out of pocket the last three years because I need that money now. Okay. So you're saying you can save the receipts for HSA qualified expenses and at any time you can be reimbursed for those expenses. Correct. Including a year from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now. Wow. Which is why I love it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why we love it. Okay. So you're saving, oh my gosh. So you're saving the receipts for kind of all these different expenses when you're just paying them out of pocket, your own credit card, paying for them, and then saving that receipt. So how do you save, how do you save in those, all those? There's the question of the hour. (laughs) (laughs) So at first I was only using FSA money, HSA money for, or saving receipts for things like co-payments which get pretty pricey, Mm -hmm. right? A trip to an ER with a kid who has broken a wrist costs you 500 or $1,000. Like it comes up pretty quickly. And so those are fairly easy to track, right? You get, you have your copay receipts, you ask for a medical receipt upon service, and then you'll Mm -hmm. usually get a bill in the mail for whatever your portion of the deductible was, and you'll pay that. So those receipts I keep, and you need to make sure that you keep the invoice that has the treatment date. That's really important. You have to have Mm. the date of treatment because they have to categorize it by year. Make sure that you're not going Mm -hmm. above how much money you have in the account per year. And then you also need the receipt of how much you actually paid. So as long as you have those two things, then you are square. So I I created a spreadsheet and it just has Mm -hmm. date of service or date of treatment, the amount that we paid, the organization that it was paid to, who the patient was. Was it me? Was it my husband? One of the three kids. Is the receipt in file? Yes or no? If it will at some point have to go back and contact that organization and ask for a receipt. That was earlier on when we first started tracking. Yeah, and then right. any notes that we might have. So it's all in the spreadsheet to keep it manageable. And then oh, awesome. I have a file. Right of all the paperwork and I just keep them in date order. My husband, however, on the flip side, so I have not been doing things like um, parsing out a grocery bill or a target run Mm -hmm. to account for some of the FSA eligible items. That's a little much, but we will sometimes make one big trip. Okay, we know we're gonna need sunscreen for the year. So at the beginning of the summer, we'll go and we'll buy a big old vat of sunscreen. And on those trips, we keep the receipts for the individual items because they do add up quite quickly. So if you find yourself buying a lot of children's Tylenol and children's ibuprofen, you'd be surprised how quickly you (laughs) get up to the hundreds of dollars in that um, product category. So just look, I I wouldn't recommend tracking every single thing. I think $5 here, $10 here, that's not worth it. But if you're going to stock up on certain things, make one big HSA run, a $500 run to stock up your medicine cabinet, especially if you, as everyone should be, going through and throwing (laughs) away all the expired stuff and restocking whatever is, is no longer of use. But bandages, and my son broke his wrist this year. And he he fell in poison ivy. So he ended up with six different casts. 
So you can imagine the oh copay bills. Wait, six six different. They had casts. to take his cast off once a week God. and do a skin check because he had this horrible poison ivy under it, oh. and the poor kid. But also, poor me because the bill came in. <laughs> I was like, poor. okay, yay! This is another two thousand dollars I can save for this year. You know that I can be reimbursed <laughs> if I need it. I'm putting the happy spin and, on it exactly because it's an HSA, and I love the account. So I'm like, yay, Charlie! So you mentioned a couple things in there, obviously keeping track and adding adding them up. But you also mentioned, oh gosh, what was it around? Oh, having the money available in the HSA, kind of keeping track of that. But Julie, I believe the rule is as long as the HSA is open you can actually have higher bills than what is currently in the account. So in other words, if you just open an HSA this year, you just got the high deductible plan, you just started contributing, and there's $500 in there right now in 2021, and then Charlie breaks his wrist, and oh my goodness, we've got thousands of dollars of bills, I wanna save them. You can save those thousands of dollars as long as the HSA is actually just open, as long as you have the HSA as of the date of service. So that's a really good point to know. Like you can just start adding, saving all of those receipts, even if you don't have the money available, available to, to be able to use the Very HSA. Very good point, yep. Yeah. And you also mentioned keeping the, the receipts in a folder, which is great, saving the receipts. Are you doing any kind of digital saving of them? Because often I'll recommend that sort so of thing. So that was actually a question I had for you is now I've got this big old mm. thing of paper and I'm thinking to myself, I'm putting this money away for possibly 30 years. God forbid there was a fire. I don't. I, do I buy right. a fire right. safe for this packet of paperwork or is there a quick way to scan these all in at once? Or is this going to be like, yeah. okay, devote a day to get these documents somewhere and where do I put them in the cloud? Where do they go? Yeah. Yeah. My recommendation is usually around digitally saving things because we all know everything's going in that direction. And so saving them somehow digitally, taking photos is a super easy way of doing it. So just using your phone and put them down and just like snap photos. And if you've got a whole bunch, you could snap multiple ones at at the same time. You're just keeping a record of this was the actual receipt. I like storing the paper copies as well, but to your point, hey, what if something happens? So go ahead and store those digitally and make backups of them just like you would your photos or other things, your tax documents, making sure you've got a couple of copies or backup copies. And this is, like you said, in case you're audited. So this is just you file when you go and file your taxes. You'll put in if you drew some money out of the HSA and what you used it for, and it's just part of your tax returns. And tax-free. So you're just taking it straight off the top of your income, uh, anything um, that you're using this for. And then it's just that the IRS decides to audit you that you need a paper trail for, oh yeah, yeah here's why I was allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. I like the, the spreadsheet method because it also gives us a quick glance at how much money we have because it's over the yeah. course of multiple years, right? So in any given year, you can see how much money is in your HSA, but it's nice to know what your reimbursable amount is at a quick glance, which is just a simple yeah. calculation you throw in the spreadsheet. And I love the emergency savings. It's so great. It's a way of having emergency savings. And the way I always talk about emergency savings, if you listen to podcasts, is it's something you hope to never have to use. So there's a, a very small percent chance of having to use this emergency money. This is not things we know we're going to be spending, like a new roof or, or appliances or things like that. Those things are going to happen. So budget for them. But this is like a truly financial emergency, a loss of a job that's unexpected or a family um, tragedy or, or supporting a friend where you got to go do something. So it's a financial emergency. Very small likelihood. And so once you reach a certain level of assets and comfort, you can have that invested in the market and understand, hey, if I need this, I do have access to it. 
But since there's such a small likelihood, we can go ahead and earmark that for the 10, 20, 30 year future. And hopefully that's what it will end up uh, using. And the HSA, of course, is a perfect example because it's growing tax free yeah. and will be tax free forever. So you can actually store emergency savings inside an HSA. It's unbelievable. I know. Why it's my favorite account. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've talked about investing. So Julie, how does that work when you've got a few thousand dollars in there now within that account? How does that money get invested and what are we investing in? That would be a really good question for my financial advisor. Hey, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing with that money in that yeah. HSA account? <laughs> so typically it's an account, right? That's the A part. And so you have this portal, you log in and you say, oh, this is amazing. I have $4,000 in here. The company has put some stuff in or it's getting deducted from your paycheck. So normally that's just sitting there in cash. And the majority of HSAs is just sitting there in cash. And Julie, how much uh, return you're getting on your cash? Have it under the mattress. So you might want to invest that, especially if it's for the only, sorry, I should say only if it's for the future. If you're going to spend that next year, yeah, right. just keep it in cash. But if you're going to have it invested for the, for the long-term future, then you can do that. You can put it into the public stock market. Now, many of these HSAs, you log in the account and there will be options there to invest it. So they're all different. The different uh, portals look a little bit different. Some of them require you to keep some in cash, $500 or 1000 or even $2,000 in cash because uh, that's how they make some money as well. And they're deducting fees for doing their work that they do. But the rest you can transfer or invest. Sometimes there's limited options. Sometimes there's sort of anything you want to invest in. But I always recommend using just like your regular 401ks or IRAs, your portfolio, low-cost index funds mm -hmm. across a, a few different funds. Again, depending on your time frame but massively diversified, low cost, and keep it simple. Yeah. Cool. And the other, did that for us. Yeah. Hopefully we've done that. I'll put a clear mark that for maybe later Thanks. today. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've definitely done that. And the other thing to keep in, keep track there is sometimes, the, like we talked about, the investments come every month. The, the contributions to the account will roll in every month. Sometimes you do it once a year. Like I was saying, oh, you can do it and then the first quarter of the following year. So some people will go ahead and dump $3,000 or whatever to top it off. And those are the times that you want to also get in there and check the investments, mm -hmm. check the portfolio when you're you know, dumping those contributions in or where it gets to a level that you can go ahead and, and invest that money. Cool. Now, we've talked a lot through. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed in terms of how you're utilizing logging in or utilizing or HSA, anything else that's part of your process? I don't think so. I will say that we do have two separate spreadsheets because I track all of mine and the kids' expenses because that's the part of the household I run, whereas my husband tracks his own stuff. And that's just to keep it simpler for me, really. I guess the point right. in mentioning it is that you can do it many different ways, whatever works for you and how you want to track it. So long as you have access, easy access to the information. So you're not scrambling should you need it. Because if for instance, it's an emergency, you don't want to be trying to track down files and receipts and such. And then even in retirement, is that what you want to spend your retirement doing? Yeah, Going through a stack yeah. of receipts from 20 years ago? Probably not. Whatever you can do to make it simple and sustainable for your family. Yep. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, exactly. Keep it. I love it. Simple and sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. 
All right, Julie, thanks so much for walking us through how we're actually using the HSA. We've talked a lot about it, but it's nice to hear about the nuts and bolts and and how you're actually getting in there and doing things uh, to get that real world example of why it's so beneficial. Yeah, I feel like an HSA like salesperson. I can't believe how many people I've told about it. I'm like, what do you mean you're not using an HSA? Yeah, yeah, awesome. Next up for, I'll get you really excited about Roth IRAs for kids. That has been another topic, which is a lot of fun. So Maybe we'll have a whole episode on how we're going to be utilizing that for the kids and be another one to get you super excited about. Is it like about. college savings or bail savings, no, depending on set- the kid? <clears throat> it's setting up your kids for success in the future, which we all love to do, right, for our kids, and in a tax-free uh, way. Spectacular. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, Julie. Super appreciate it, as always. Thank you. Great time. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at FinancialPlanningPod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.